it's not about me. It's not about if I if I fail at this. It's not about if I am successful at this. At the end of the day, this is a creative expression for me to help other people, and mm. that's what I stay connected to. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buda. Welcome back to Darken the Page. Today's guest is Lindsay Smith. Lindsay is the author of four books, including one that is coming out uh, May 25th, but you can pre-order it on Amazon. Um, we talk a lot about how to just write a book, even if it's short. Uh, awesome discussions about about book length and guilt around that. She's also a food blogger, so we talk about food and how the, all the guilt relates to writing and food and, and a lot of good stuff. Um, I think you'll really enjoy the episode. The Show notes are at darkonthepage.com slash 028, and you can see the books she's written. She also does a course called launchyourdreambook.com, and she teaches people how to write, so she shares some of the great advice from that. All right, give me feedback at darkonthepage at gmail.com, and we'll see you in the episode. So I'm here today with my new friend, Lindsay Smith, and I'm super excited to have you, Lindsay. I've been Gen, um, generously stalking you on the internet for the last um, you know few minutes here, and I really like what you're up to, and I like the combination of the blogging and the and the the book writing. I always like someone who seems to just write books uh, abundantly. You know, I oh, feel like with yeah. <laughs> today with with Amazon and the you know gatekeepers gone, there I just think there's no reason to not publish a lot, and it's something that I'm doing this year uh, after years of waiting and so when I meet people like you I'm like yes so thank you for being on the show and it's nice to meet you awesome yeah well thank you I'm excited and I'm glad that you I'm glad that you mentioned that because sometimes sometimes I think as an author you can feel a little crazy with putting so many books out but it's just you know totally an expression and I think with the platforms available today why not yeah, I mean, in a way, books are turning into, you know, long blog posts. They could be. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I even thought to myself, too, if I have an ebook on Amazon, I mean, I can literally edit it. I mean, there's no, it's not even final, you know, like before, yeah, I might send a book to a publisher and then it gets printed a bunch of times and that's it. Like, I can't, I can't, I'd have to, it would be a big deal to do another edition of the book to, but you know, if it's an ebook, I could just go on and change a few things every once in a while. And, and that yeah. gives my brain that relaxes me too, because then it, it certainly doesn't have to be perfect because I can always edit it, you know, it's absolutely. It's, it's and I nice. think, I think that's a huge key piece is that don't wait for perfectionism is to just, you know, get it out there, get it done. And even print books, if you do print on demand, you can update them. If you have the, you know, if you, have the technology in a sense to do that which it's either a design program or so if you're using Microsoft Word to lay out your book you can use that as well mm -hmm. and um, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've updated little tweaks in my book that I found along the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. totally totally um, so before we begin just give people kind of a sense of who you are as a writer and what you've been up to um, so, well, I started off, uh, my brand's called The Food Mood Girl, so I write about, 
I say health, happiness, self-love, and just kind of being a better human in a sense. Mm -hmm. Being a better human <laughs> um, is good. Good niche. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, that's just kind of how I started. And all of my books have just been really extensions of either where I've been um, in my own health and wellness journey or just and where I want to take the reader and also um, just passion projects of mine. So things that really light me up or excite me. So I've written a, um, a food and mood book, which is my first book. And then I co-authored two books in between. One is a um, mind, body, spirit cleanse. And one is actually um, a, it's called Hear Me Roar, How to Defend Your Mind, Body, and Heart Against People Who Suck. Um, oh, so nice. it's, it's more of just like a fun, um, a fun, catchy way for young women to just really um, stand their ground and feel confident in who they are. And that was based off of my experience um, with overcoming or with being a survivor of sexual assault. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think expressing myself, everything that I do is an expression of, of something that I've been through and something that I want to help someone else with. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I've evolved. And then I have my, ne my next book coming out, um, which is actually with a publisher. So this is my first non-self-published book. And it's called Food Guilt No More. Okay. And have you always been someone who's considered themselves a writer? Were you like the kid in English class who just were like killing it? I mean, how did this, how did, how did writing live for you for, for most of your life? Yeah. So actually I, I've always, I think, had the writing bug in me. Um, I used to write poetry as a kid because I, wanted to express myself in a way. I was very shy. I suffered from anxiety and depression when I was a, um, when I was in my, you know, when I was 10 and 11 and 12. And so mm -hmm. writing became, you know, journaling became my outlet to express my feelings. And I started writing poetry. And one of my poems was actually published in a book when I was in fourth grade. So I like to say that I became an author when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Author. And that, Exactly. And then that just kind of evolves. But I never really looked at it as if it was good or if it was bad. I just always looked at it as this is something that makes me feel good and that I want to continue doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. And why did you decide to start writing books? You've been blogging for a while, but like why, why did you end up putting and starting doing this book form? Mm. Actually, you know what's really funny is I never blogged before. Like I wrote a book before I blogged. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, well, I think I I just wanted to get my message out in a bigger way. I knew that um, writing a book could help for my uh, career goals and wanting to do more public speaking and um, just helping people on a different level because it's one thing to individually coach people and even do things in groups, but if someone has a book, I felt like you know, it's something that can last. It's, it can be timeless in a sense and it can be carried on and you can, you can help people that you never imagined helping. And so mm -hmm. that was, that's really what sparked, um, the first book. And then I think once I wrote it and once, especially, so I self-published the first book and there's so many steps in the process and so much so many things that you have to do as far as, um, you know, not only writing and editing, but also the creative side. And all of that I love. I'm, I love 
being creative and thinking of ideas and putting things together. And so mm-hmm. once I did that and once I birthed this book, I was like, oh my goodness, I can do anything. And so I just got the bug for for writing and for publishing. It does seem like that once once there's like this breaking the ice on the first book, it seems like it just flows after that. Absolutely. Because I think you just realize... It, it takes a lot of the fear out of it because I think a lot of writers, a lot of uh, up-and-coming authors, um, they they want to put themselves out there. They want to get their books out there, but they they tend to wait for perfectionism. They wait for, well, you know, what if um, I want to add this later? Or then they'll tend to like put things in the way, like, oh, you know, life happened. These all these things happened when I was writing my book, and it's like, no you know, if, yeah, life happens, but if you're connected to it and you decide to release that perfectionism, you'll get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then once you do and you, this, it's this great sense of accomplishment. It's, I mean, you've spent so many hours and so much, just so much energy into this one thing. And so once you, once you do it once, it's, you can duplicate the process. And, um, I think a lot of your fears are taken away. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you learn um, during that writing and publishing and promoting of the first book that you've carried on? You've carried on. Uh, one of the things that I learned is that it's always a it's can be your your book can be a constant launch or a constant, um, I guess, a launch process or a, a constant. It can be just a constant tool that you have in your career, in your business. I mean, I think about my first book, and it still sells just as well as my newer books. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's been so, it's been of several years, and I think to myself, oh my goodness, are people even still reading this? Are they still buying it? Um, is it even that good anymore? Because you evolve and, mm-hmm. um, and your work evolves, but those books, you know, they're still helping people. And I think, one of that's I think that was the biggest takeaway is that it can always help someone it can always you can always talk about it you can come back to it I still get calls today about that first book and if I can come on a tv show and talk about it and I think it's old news but um because you're writing it can be new to someone else you know it's not new to you but it's new to other people Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah do you ever think back and go oh you know I don't I don't resonate with some stuff or, or do you really just see it as this is the journey of me and do you ever have those thoughts? Yeah, I definitely have those thoughts from time to time, um, especially just because I feel like I've evolved so much from that first book and my life has changed so much in, in so many good ways. But again, I, I look at it as the evolution of myself, of, of my own writing, of what I learned along the way and... Um, so I think when I keep that in mind, um, hopefully other people keep that in mind too. But mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think for the journey of where people are at, that can help people in that specific way. Whereas I may not be there anymore, mm-hmm. and I've evolved, but other people are there, and that's what they need. So yeah. that's kind of what I remind myself to, because you can you can go crazy. Like you can definitely think, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe I said that or put those things out. Um, because you just evolve so much, but I, again, I just I do think it's part of the process, and I think it's something that you should always be proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So it seems like you write a lot. 
um, what do you, what are some habits, some rituals, maybe, um, has, as you, as you've evolved as a writer, some ways that you've, um, or things you put in place to, to make writing easier for you or, or more productive or more creative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, so I do try to write every day. Um, I'm not someone, I wish I was someone that had that, oh, at every day, like I was just talking to my friend yesterday and she's also an author and she was like, every day I get up, I write from five to seven and I write 500 words and this is what I do. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> oh, and those I'm people. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I wish I could be one of those, but I'm totally not. Um, and I've embraced that. So what I like to do is, um, there's definitely days where I don't feel like writing. And so I just give my, I just allow myself not to write. Um, and that's okay. But what I found is very helpful for me is I like, I'm, I'm very creative. I like, I like fresh ideas. I like, um, I really like titles. I know this is weird, but I really like titles, like article titles. And so I basically frame everything as if I'm writing an article, like a really cool article title. And so I'll create the article title and then I'll start writing about it. Um, that's good. I like that. I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. So even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if it, you know, even if it, if the writing doesn't go anywhere, I at least get words on the paper and then I can always come back to it. Like sometimes I'll, I'll remember, Oh, remember I wrote that thing. And then I realized, wait, I do have this content or this is a fresh idea. I just, in the moment I wasn't into it, but I did start writing on it. And now I have this other perspective. So I'm going to continue on with it. Um, so Mm -hmm. I like to write, like, I like to do that. So it's almost like, mini prompts in a sense except I'm all about titles so it has to have like a good title that I can really like hone this big message back to yeah um and so that's kind of what I do and I do that I try to do it every day um at least five days a week I'm doing something like that yeah you know who has awesome titles is is the onion and (laughs) I had heard a story about how they work where the creatives or the writers they all they do these like weekly meetings where they do like pitches. They'll just pitch these titles. And of course, you know, if the room laughs or what kind of, they'll, 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 they'll do that. I just, that sounds like so much fun. I would love, yeah, <laughs> love to be sounds to like you're that. a title person too, right? I am. I would love to be in that meeting. I think that's so funny. I, yeah, I could come up with titles all day long. Sometimes when I get a really good one, I like text it to people like my friends and they're just like, okay, Lindsay. But I'm like, no, it's really good. Like, listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that there is a, and you're not, it doesn't sound like you're too concerned about it being like buzzworthy, right? It's just a, something that feels inspiring to you as a writer. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, exactly. If it inspires me and I feel... Um, I feel good about it. Uh, I'm also, I, I do come from a PR background, so I do like pitching. Um, I enjoy that process of it, actually. I know a lot of authors don't, but it's something that I do, and I like coming up with the titles to help pitch things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, sometimes that is in the back of my mind if I'm pitching, if I want to write a specific article for, say, BuzzFeed or for Mind Body Green or for some sort of online outlet where, I kind of know their audience and know the angles they're looking for. And so yeah. I can, you know, come up with those titles. But for the most part, I just create the titles 
um, that I like, that I think are fun. And if it ends up on something, great. If it ends up on my blog, that's great too. If it ends up in a folder that I don't look at ever again, I'm okay with that as well. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that's really great because I think you're pointing to that you can... Some people would say, oh, I can't, I can't write for uh, another site because of their restrictions, you know, because they need this, this, this. But I really believe that that's actually one of the ways that, that creativity shows up is that when we put, when we have rules, okay, you have to stay within this, these lines, and this is the area you can paint, you have to use this color paint, you know. Mm-hmm. That actually, for me, a lot of times makes, makes it easier to be creative. Because mm-hmm. I know, okay, I, I have to write something that is, you know, has some buzzwords in it. So within the, within the structure of what I'm given, with, with the, the Legos I'm given, what can I make? And I think that's mm-hmm. a really exciting process. And people don't often see that because they see it as restricted. Any restrictions, bad. And I think mm-hmm. that's not true. No, I totally, I never really looked at it like that before, but I totally agree with you. I think that... I think that sometimes those guidelines can really help um, not only for that specific genre or reach or website that you're trying to go after, but it can help you formulate for other places that may not have guidelines that you can kind of use that formula and then send to other places and have other opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have had before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you, since the food is such a big part of, of what you do, um, what's the, is there any relationship between food and writing? Or do you use, do you use food to inspire you in, in more ways than just kind of writing about it? Do you have like hmm. your favorite writing food or like something that, <laughs> something that helps? Um, I'm just thinking of one of my... Um, so there was a scooter my- going by in Bali, so... That's all right. <laughs> you know what happens. You never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking. So one of my colleagues, mentor, friends, uh, <laughs> this one day we were talking. He's like, you know, he's like, I know a lot of writers that just do drugs. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, sometimes they'll just do drugs whenever they're writing their their book. And then, you know, that's just what they do. Um, and I found that interesting. And he also said that he goes to like a coffee shop because he'll like, even just inhaling, um, the caffeine from the coffee shop just gives him a different energy to write, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. I tend to, um, I tend to do my best, uh, I would say not on a full stomach. Um, so mm. I like, you know, that would probably be when I do my best around maybe 2 p.m. Um, is when I'm at my height, which is funny because 2 p.m. is usually a slump for people. But I think mm-hmm. um, I keep my body pretty in check with what I eat for breakfast and what I eat for lunch. So by 2 p.m. I'm I'm feeling really good. I'm not I'm not overly full, but I feel really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of my favorite foods that just kind of keep me focused I think would be um would be I do a lot of smoothies in the morning um Mm -hmm. I like you know lemon water tea um and also another thing this isn't food but another thing that I found really helps when I'm feeling like in a funk in a writing funk I'll go to yoga or I'll go out and walk Mm -hmm. and I just won't focus on it because I think sometimes we tend to 
want to focus on it and say, oh, no, I need to write right now. I have to do this. But sometimes I think it's good to go get a distraction, go do something else and come back with a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're in a writing funk, like downing three pieces of chocolate cake is not the way to go, you're saying maybe. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> that wouldn't be my recommendation. Although if you were going to do that, I would tell you to not feel bad about it because <laughs> then that'll probably make it worse. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I heard this, this beautiful uh, survey once and they had, they, and I don't even know if it's true, but I think it is. Um, they had asked a hundred people from France and a hundred people from, uh, from the States. And they said, what do you think of when you hear the word chocolate cake? And people, most people from the States said something to the effect of guilt and most people from France said something to the effect of celebration. And, mm. and it's so true, right? It's like, hey, if you're going to eat chocolate cake, like, at least don't add guilt onto it because that's, I mean, what's the point, you know? Just enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's, that's my whole next book. And we actually did a survey um, for Food Guilt No More, and I found that 80% of women in the U.S. and 65% of men in the U.S. suffer from food guilt where they feel bad about their food choices. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's so true. We, we tend to eat and then feel guilty about it, which doesn't make it any better. And actually I have a book trailer coming out. Um, and there is a chocolate cake involved, which is really funny that you said that. So <laughs> I, I sensed that it was just something yeah. I felt chocolate cake in the, in the atmosphere. Um, <laughs> I feel like people suffer from, from, uh, not having a book guilt too. Cause I've, I've suffered from that. Um, yes. you know, I think that I have to have a book and then this first book becomes like, it's like losing your virginity or something. And it just makes yeah. it really awkward the, for the whole <laughs> lead up to yeah. losing your virginity. And, That's um, funny. you know, and it's, I feel like there could be like a, a blog, like book guilt, no more too. Um, I should, I should coin that and do that for the next, <laughs> for a next book. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, I think that we, I think the reason why is because we have romantic feelings that we feel about books that are preconceived feelings based on old industry standards. So we think that, oh my goodness, if I'm going to have a book, it has to be the most amazing, best piece of work I've ever written. It has to take me 20 years. Uh -huh. I have to wait five years to pitch it to um, an agent and then get into a publishing company for them to then take another two to three years to finally publish me. So mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm looking at the timeline, you know, it'll take me about 20 to 25 years to actually write my dream book and the book that I really want because, and, and we have this romantic idea that once the book is done, then it's going to be a New York times bestseller and you know, all of these things are going to happen. And so I think that, that's what that's what halts people. That's what makes people feel even guilty about not having a book because they think they should, but then they can't li possibly live up to these ex expectations that they set for themselves, which the expectations are honestly bullshit because it's just not how the industry works anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think that if you can put out a book that is good, that's you know that you are proud of, that's a, maybe even a smaller book, and then you get your feet wet and you see the publishing industry, you're able to see how it's changed, you're able to um, see how it works, and then you'll feel so empowered to write other books and to write that dream book that you've always wanted to. I mean, it took me five books. My next book that it's coming out, Food Guilt No More, is 
honestly, I'm so thrilled about it. It I, it took me, mm -hmm. it did take me two years. I did the survey with it, um, doing all kinds of all kinds of really cool things. Just the writing style of it, everything. I'm super proud of it. Is that that dream book that I have? Nice. Um, but I'm so glad that it wasn't my first one. Yeah. You know. I hear you. Yeah, there is. Th that's a really important process. I almost feel like, you know, maybe maybe what we could do in high school is just like have people publish a ten-page book, and that way everybody who everybody who's gone through high school will have just published a book, and now they never worry about that anymore. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's especially with the way the industry has changed and is continuously evolving. I mean, it's so great that people can express themselves and in a sense, not have to take it as serious as we have. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think when we took books very seriously and we, you know, it, we have to go through all of these hoops, there's so many amazing books that aren't going to come to fruition because of it. One of my favorite books, um, now I can't think of the title, um, the art or the war of the war of art. War of art. Yeah. That's the impressive book. Yeah. Yeah, that's a self-published book, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I don't know, um, but it could be. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a self-published book. Yeah. And and um, some of my favorite books are self-published. And I always think, wow, if this book didn't exist, my life might suck a little bit more. But it does exist, and I'm so excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know, when I think I love this idea of the, the romantici romanticizing the first book. And when I think about, so I'm, I'm finishing up, um, something right now, which is going to be the first thing I publish as a book, and it's and it's really tiny, and and it took me a second to make that shift to just let myself have a tiny book, mm. and because I had it, that books had to be a certain length, and and when I think really think about the romanticizing of it, I think of that book uh, Shantaram, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's like in paperback, it's about like two inches thick. I mean, it's really, it's crazy. It's like seven, 800 pages or something, probably even more. And, and I just have it that that would be, that's the ultimate thing is to write this like massive dictionary of a book. And it's, it's just crazy. I mean, that's, it's <laughs> like, that's, and people read differently. Not that that's a bad idea. You know, I had a, there's a friend of mine actually on the show, uh, episode 24, I think. And he, you know, his first book is a 700 page book and it's going to be one of volume one of four, you know, and that's wow. just how he rolls apparently. But he wasn't like, I don't, it didn't sound like he was doing that from this place of that's his romantic idea. He just wrote and wrote and wrote and all of a sudden, wow, this is a really long book and why wow, I want to write three more. And so it just kind of happened that way, but it wasn't mm -hmm. because he tried to, you know, and then that was cool. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I think that's a huge hang-up for a lot of people. And um, also, in one of the hats that I wear, I coach people to write and publish books. So last year, I coached over a 1,000 people to write and publish books. So I see this happen on a daily basis. I see the fears that come up for people with writing and publishing books. Like, I, nice. I can, I, all of these questions are just so familiar. And I think with the length of it, you know, I myself, my first book is 90 pages and like 93 pages. And when I got a, a proof copy of it, I cried because I was expecting it to be bigger. I don't like I just, oh, nice. was ex you know, I was expecting this other feeling and I cried because I wasn't happy. I was like, wow, shouldn't it shouldn't it look like all these other books? Yeah, totally. You know, 
and it really bummed me out I at, at first and then as you know my career progressed and as I started seeing people say oh my goodness I I love the short read I love being able to to do one of these little activities and go through it at night I keep this by my nightstand it's like my little my go-to daily inspiration and mm-hmm. um, I realized that you know my genre of people that are reading this they don't they don't want that type of book. You know, they're, they're happy with this one. And, um, and I said what I wanted to say in it. I didn't, I didn't fill it to the brim with useless information or just things to make it look bigger. Mm. Um, but I gave, you know, what, what it needed. And, um, and yeah, but I think people, uh, you know, definitely have misconceptions. And I was reading a book a couple weeks ago and, I was really irritated because as I was reading it, it, it was, you know, your standard size book, the inch and a half or whatever, inch, inch and a half. Uh-huh. And um, I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, what, like, I really wanted this self, I'm not going to say what the book is, but I really wanted this like self-help tool. I was like, yes, like, yeah. I'm ready for this. Like, I want this. And I'm reading it and everything that the author was talking about was leading up to the point of this big idea uh-huh. and I, I'm like just give me the big idea like I'm ready like right right you know like I I get the stories I, I get your, your but it was so repetitive and I was like oh I get it because he was trying to fill pages because this is a this is a publishing you know a publishing a big house publisher that put this out right and so they want to fill those pages but to me it was like get to the point I'm ready for this like I the stories are great it could have been half of the stories and you could have gotten right into the meat of it. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, one of my favorite books of all time is, um, one of my favorite food books is Michael Pollan's Food Rules. And mm. if you look at that book, it's tiny, it's it's little, and it each page is says something like, you know, eat mostly plants, or eat not too much, mostly plants, you know, whatever that famous mm-hmm. I can't think of it off the top of my head but yeah um everything is like that it's it's just short sweet to the point but it's really impactful and so I would encourage people to you know release any of the preconceptions they have about the size and focus one on your reader you know what does your reader want does your reader is your reader a teenager that is you know needs to read everything like a text message maybe <laughs> you know or um, like with a short attention span or, mm-hmm. um, you know, is your reader or, or are you getting the information across in a short and succinct way? Yeah. Um, you know, or is it meant to be small, but impactful and inspiring? Like, you know, the Michael Pollan food rules. And so I think releasing that will help release a lot of that kind of anxiety we feel around it having to be longer. Yeah. There's just a lot of anxiety around size in general. And I feel like that's a good thing to let go of. Mm-hmm. Uh, let it be known that Lindsay is not a size queen. She is, <laughs> she, she is totally happy with any length. So yeah, that's very well, important. I just, I did a book um, in. So this is kind of crazy, and this is just how I operate. But in the end of November, I just was in this creative state. I kind of came off of all of these events and speaking gigs, and I had November and December to kind of decompress and just kind of be and not have to worry about a lot of stuff. And so I was coming off of this and I was feeling super creative and I was like, you know what, I'm going to write some free eBooks that I'm going to give out to my people. And so I wrote one 
that was like 40 pages, but not, you know, 40 actual pages. Like it was spaced out and stuff, but which counts too. I think that's, I think that's a good point. Like it still counts as a page, even if it's not black. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, and sometimes, you know, and especially with ebooks too, depending on how you read them. Um, and so, yeah, this one was like 40 pages. And uh, so I wrote that one. And then I decided to write this other one about ways to love your body more. And so I was like, oh, this would be really cute if I just start writing ways to love your body more. And then I'm simply just going to make it a two page PDF. Um, and just, you know, have people download it and mm-hmm. give it away. And so I started writing and I said, okay, I'm going to write these tips or ways to love your body more until I stop. And so I just wrote them and I ended up writing 52 tips. And so I said, okay, I'm going to call this 52 ways to love your body more. Nice. And so I did that. I got them edited. And then I had, um, I was going to send them to a designer to do this PDF. And then I was like, wait, what if I put these tips in like an Instagrammable form? So that way each tip was like, um, a small square on like in the book so that people could take a screenshot and each tip would be like branded with my website and then they could share it. Nice. So, then I had the designer, so I had a designer, I sent them to her, and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and she sent them back, and it totally blew me away, like, she added little fun illustrations, and just made this, like, super cute, way, way more than I even imagined, and so I looked at it, and I said, damn it, I need to make this a coffee table book now. <laughs> nice, yeah. And and so I just, I did, I, so I took it, and I had that book, I'm not kidding you, from start to finish, I had it turned around in three weeks. I had printed copies on my step in three weeks, and that, that was the writing, the editing, the designing, and the printing. And um, I literally just, I did it because it was just a creative expression that had to come through me. I, I didn't think of any PR or outcomes. It was just something that I felt really good about that I wanted to do. And so I had the, the books sitting on my table and I was going to give them away um, to my friends, my girlfriends for Christmas. And so I had mm-hmm. one of them sitting on my table and, um, you know, someone happened to come over and see it and was like, oh, what's this? And before you know it, she connected me with someone that connected me with someone. And now that book, you know, two months later is on um, Mod Cloth, which is a huge indie fashion retailer um they have like over two million people in their network and they bought copies to sell on their website and i'm not selling them currently anywhere else um they're the only um company but it was just crazy like it just all happened because it was just an expression of you know myself that i wanted to get out into the world i really love that and it's funny that that prompt too is really cool this idea of what book would you write if you were going to give if what what book would you write if it was going to be a coffee table book that was going to be a gift for your friends like that would yeah. be a fun thing you know to do it's just like this is the only intention i mean i love that process too that's such an organic way to approach what we do i just thought that was that's like a perfect story yeah and it it goes to show that it doesn't have to be and i think that's where it goes back to even just the the size and the, oh my goodness, this needs to be a bestseller and all of these accolades that we put into it. It's just, what if it's just an uh, expression of who you are and something that you just want to give to the people that you love? What if that was it? Mm -hmm. 
and that's all that you had to to do and then i think it you know for some people that would make it a lot easier yeah where's a link that we can find that book because i'm really curious to hear to see what it looks like and what that designer did and all that stuff yeah um uh well i can send you personally an e-copy so you can see it but um it is on actually if you just go to my website on yeah. foodmoodgirl.com um there's a banner on the right and it says exclusively available at modcloth and then if you click that it takes you right um to the book and they they give some preview pages and and stuff okay cool yeah i'll link to that in the show notes that's great um, what else do you find is uh, reoccurring themes when you teach people about writing books as you've helped people and coach people? What are some other m typical things people go through? Um, I definitely think the fear of failure, fear of success, um, that's huge. So a lot of people um, just get all of these ideas and kind of the they just put all of these other things um to bog their mind down in a sense, because when in reality, they're, they're afraid of, oh my goodness, what will people think of me? What if this sucks? What if no one buys my book? Or on the other extreme, what if this book does really well? What if I'm, what if my life changes? What if, you know, what if I'm suddenly on the Today Show and people really love what I have to say? Like, how, how will I do that if I, yeah. and then all these other like excuses. And so, I see that a lot with people. I think writing a book, if you, I, I really feel that people that write and publish books, once you do it, you're fearless. I feel like you can do anything when it comes to, um, because it's, the process is so, it, it is, it's, there's just a lot to the process. And I think um, it's so rewarding to get to the other end. But I think that that fear of failure and success tends to hold people back. And so what I try to help people see is, um, I, you know, it's good to overcome fears and things like that. But I think more importantly, I think it, it's also seeing, wow, what if, what if my, you know, I, I like to look at the people that I'm helping. And so for the course that I teach, it's people that, um, are mainly writing self-help books. And so mm -hmm. I, I kind of look at it as, okay, fear of failure and fear of success, if they're like on a scale, but in the middle is me. But then on the other side are all these people that need help. And so instead of looking at those two things on the scale, I just kind of keep my eye on those other people. And so that kind of helps carry me through and helps me push past those fears because I realize that, you know, nothing, it, it's not about me. It's not about if I, if I fail at this, it's not about if I am successful at this. At the end of the day, this is a creative expression for me to help other people. And mm -hmm. that's what I stay connected to. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Why, what do you feel like is, so when you say, okay, most people are writing um, like self-help books. Um, what are some common pitfalls with that? Because I feel like that's a very specific type of book. I, I tend to do that too. Um, mm -hmm. But that might be different than writing like fiction or writing uh, memoirs or like what, what do you find um, is some good advice for people who are writing self-help? Mm, okay, so my number one, this is a great question. You're asking such great questions. Well, thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> um, my number one piece of advice is to always remember your reader. So I think what happens with self-help books and where some of them kind of go meh is they forget who their reader is. So 
for example, I see this all the time. So you may be someone, for example, so I'm just going to use nutrition as an example. Mm-hmm. So I, I overcame, uh, let's say, an autoimmune disorder, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I overcame um, some sort of autoimmune disorder like celiac disease. Like I'm learning to live with celiac. Okay. So, so let's just say that's the example. So I overcame this and I then decided to go on and study nutrition and all of these things. And now I'm fascinated with nutritional knowledge. I'm fascinated with, oh my goodness, did you know that this chromosome and this thing happens and this hormone and that affects this. And I love going and studying all these doctors and seeing all of this stuff. But who that girl was is not was not that person that was not the person that was into that knowledge that you know mm-hmm. that person that person was sick that person had digestive issues all the time that person was dealing with skin rashes that person you know couldn't go out with her friends because every time she was afraid of getting sick and having to go to the bathroom um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they have like once you come over that i think it's important that sometimes you have to go back not and live in that misery but remember that your reader may be right there your reader is not your reader doesn't give a shit if you're talking about vitamin k your reader at that point they just want to feel they just want to feel a connection to you and want to know like maybe something that can help them get out of this pit that they're in yeah like don't be too good for your story in a sense absolutely and i see that all the time and it's not out of it's not out of um it's just basically because it's not out of people aren't doing that because they want to show their knowledge or, you know, really give it to someone. Um, but I think they do that because it, it's easy to, when you overcame something and it's maybe been a few years, you forget you, it's easy to forget that totally sense of who you were. I've had that experience too. Yeah. Especially if some time has elapsed, you know, it's really just, it's the new normal for you. So it's like, yeah, you don't even think about the times when you were struggling and in pain. Mm hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think people tend to want to skim over some of that stuff, which, you know, if, if you're going on and on, that's one thing. But I think it's also important to, you know, give a sense of the reader of, of the struggles that you did have. Um, but also, and this would be my my second piece of advice with that same question, is it's, it's important to to when you're writing a self-help book, it's important to give the story. But it's also important to remember that you're not writing a memoir. Mm hmm. So I think people tend to, for example, in, um, in my book, the Hear Me Roar book, when I talk about sexual assault, you know, I, when I started writing it, I started writing all about that experience and what happened to me and the, the play of events. And then I got to one point and I was like, okay, if this is a self-help book and I want to teach young women how to, um, you know, protect themselves, mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. If I go into this story and and go into all of this, like that's not really the point. If I say that I was sexually assaulted and I say that that guy sucks and that I don't want this to happen to them, I think that's a strong enough case. I don't have to go through every gruesome detail. Um, you know, I, I can save that for a later date, um, but I can really give them kind of the cliff notes because really what that book meant to do what that book means to do is to encourage them um, that if it did happen to them, here's some tools that can help you, you know, deal with that and help you love yourself more and appreciate yourself more. Um, because I, I, I know your pain and what you're going through. 
Um, if that didn't happen to you, here's some ways for you know you to protect yourself so that it doesn't happen mm -hmm. or so that it doesn't happen again. Um, but I didn't have to go in and, and write this entire you know 10 page description of that one night because at the end of the day, that's not what my readers needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any resources for people that want to learn more about maybe what you've taught or um, access some of this wisdom from you? Do you have that stuff or is that just a one-on-one -on -one that you work with people or? Yeah, so I don't, um, let's see, I'm trying to think the best way. Um, you know, I'm starting to write a little bit more about creativity on foodmoodgirl.com and, and, and book writing and things like that. But for now, um, the book writing course that I teach is uh, mainly just for health coaches. So the school that I went to, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you can check it out. I mean, it's called launchyourdreambook.com. Um, where I teach that course along with the founder of um, the school. And so um, you can check some of those things out. Uh, and um, yeah, but I, you know, you can feel free to ask me, email me and ask me any questions. I do this thing on my blog called Ask Lindsay. So uh -huh. you can literally ask me anything. Like if you want, if there's something that I didn't get to or you said, oh, you want to want me to explain something more? Just send me an email, just info at uh, foodmoodgirl.com and just type in what you want to know and I'll feature it on the blog. Nice. That's great. Um, okay. So this is the last question and the question I usually ask people. Um, if, you could, if you could send yourself one piece of advice into the past, uh, let's say you were going to write a note to yourself and what would you write in that note as some wisdom for yourself as a writer? And at what point in your life would you insert it? Mm. I would probably insert it when I was, so I was 22 when I wrote my first book and published it. Mm -hmm. um, it would probably be the day that I got the proof books at my house because mm. I had, you know, a, a meltdown. Um, <laughs> as I told you, I was like, oh my goodness, why is this so small? And all these thoughts. And I would have inserted that note right there. And I would have said, um, this is only the beginning. Like this is only the beginning and, um, you should feel very proud. And I think that's something that everyone going through this process should remember too, that it writing the book and, and all of that and, it's it is really just the beginning and that regardless of what comes next or what comes what's right now it's just being proud of those moments and being proud of the the hurdle that it took to get to where you are nice that's beautiful well thanks Lindsay. i really i really enjoyed this conversation and um your next book's coming out in may you said yes yeah well thank you so much this is so fun i uh, this is just a little side note for you, but I, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I'm really looking to get more into is the whole creativity and writing. I mean, I teach this other course, um, and I know I have my food mood girl brand, but this is definitely a huge passion of mine. So I was really excited, um, to be invited and, and chat with you tonight. Nice. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, my next book comes out May 25th. Uh, and it's actually available on pre-sale right now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And this week it'll be available on some 
really fun indie sites like Pal's Books and some other cool bookstores across the U.S. And that's the Food Guilt No More, right? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I look forward to checking it out. And again, thanks for being on the show. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Dave. So much. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two more. I'm going to recommend uh, episode nine with Jenny Blake and episode eight with Tyler Wagner. Um, Tyler is uh, someone who's written a handful of, of short books. And Jenny is also a friend of uh, Lindsay's and is a blogger and an author as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any feedback for me, send me an email at darkenthepage at gmail.com. Again, appreciate you listening and go make your art.